Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to the first official real episode of 2024. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. I did not get dressed up for you today. So if you're watching on YouTube, sorry about the no the no fancy hair or, or makeup, but if you're just listening on Spotify or Apple where most of our listeners do, then you don't care. You don't care at all. All right. We're starting the year with a really funny story, really funny story. Okay, so I can't give too much description because I don't want to get anybody in trouble and I don't know if there's like a legal case happening or what, right? You're excited. So we have a new employee and she comes from another, well, she used to be a patient. She was like one of our favorite patients and then she moved out West. That's all I'm going to say. And then she moved back to the area and now works for us. And we're super excited because while she was out West, she went and worked for a chiropractic clinic. So we're having our team Christmas party um, last week. And she mentions, we're just talking about how like crazy shit that employees do um, and, you know, stupid stuff that I probably should have fired people for over the years. But like, I'm on my journey to being empathetic, which sometimes means I, whatever. Anyways, so she goes, well, that's nothing. We found out the massage therapist at our clinic who would massage patients at the end of their adjustments was licking people's faces. Right. And so we just look at it and we're like, wait, licking people's faces? I'm going to need more information. And that was it. Um, So patients after their adjustments would be laying on the table face up and she would massage them and then lick their cheek. And so how they discovered this was somebody said something, who knows how long, right? So somebody said something. And so then instead, and this is where I'm like, I feel like I would have investigated further. Um, Instead of like immediately putting a camera up, or I don't know. They just put up signs that said, if you ever feel uncomfortable during your your massage or, you know, feel uncomfortable, please let us know. And then they had multiple other patients come forward and say, yeah, she licked me. Um, So like, all right. So I'm just trying to picture being the patient. And 
obviously your eyes are closed because you're not a weirdo who lays with your face up and your eyes open. So your eyes are closed. And then like, do we think this was like a little lick or like a big old sloppy golden retriever lick? I'm thinking it, okay. So Kirby and I tested this and I made him do it. I'm like, Kirby, I'm going to close my eyes, lick my cheek. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I need to like, imagine what it would like if I was, you know, cause if you knew without a shadow of a doubt that somebody licked your cheek, you would tell someone, right? Like, and so when he like did a quick lick, it kind of just felt like somebody took a wet thumb and just like, I don't know, like swiped my cheek quick. And so I could see where maybe she got away with this for a while. Um, I don't know if you know this, but my first maternity leave doc. Uh, so she came when she came to like interview and like observe me how I adjust. She was like, oh, yeah, we adjust the same. And I'm like, cool, that's great. I am like a month into maternity leave and some of my friends or like friendly patients message me like, when do you come back? She credit carded my butt crack today. And so like I came back and found all these weird stories from my maternity leave doc. Yes, uh, credit carding the butt cheek was like one of her main assessment techniques, which I didn't learn. I'm not saying it's not a real technique. I just didn't learn it. And my patients were not prepared for that. Um, so yeah, they just let that happen. So I could imagine people being like, yeah, must be some weird end of massage namaste shit. Um, so that's how people get away with weird stuff. So yeah, so we were laughing and hooting and hollering about that. Um, okay, so today we have a great conversation with Dr. Brian Capra. He is the CEO of Genesis Software, um, but we're not going to talk much about the software today. You will hear there is a new ad on the She Slays the Day podcast uh, for Genesis Software. It is the software I have used since I started. So my first week in clinic, I saw 10 people and um, then, then grew to, a, you know, multiple clinics that saw over 700 people at one point. So like, it grew with me. Um, it worked when I was in full network with insurance and it's still super affordable now that I'm not. It works with cash practice. It works with SCED. Um, honestly, like I thank Lona Cook for, because she had graduated. If you guys don't know Lona, she's amazing. She had graduated like a year before me. And so as I was like, hey, this, this clinic I kind of bought uses paper records. What do you use? And she said that. And I was like, okay. And so I did it. It was easy. And I've never, I've never questioned switching. Well, actually, that's not true. There was a heyday in like, what, 2018, 17, or I'm not going to say the name of the software, but there was definitely a software that was like super expensive, but like, ew, everybody used it. And now they're all stuck with it. They all know what I'm talking about. They paid a lot for it and they can't switch. Um, but I talked to them like, oh, you know, you're the cool kid on the block. Maybe I should switch. And I started telling them about our setup and how we have two clinics and like how I can do my notes here or there. And they're like telling us all these like servers that we would have to install and what a pain in the ass it would be. And I was like, oh, no, no, I have web bait. No, I don't want that. And literally their own salesperson said like, maybe you should just stick with what you have until we kind of get more updates. I'm like, sounds like a plan. Um, so 
The reason I actually approached Genesis, I'm going to shut up here soon, I promise. Um, this is not a paid ad. I'm saying this for the grads, the new grads, people starting up a clinic, um, because I get this question a lot. I use Genesis. I like it better than the four-letter female software because I've priced that out and it would be astronomically expensive and wouldn't work as well for my clinic. So I like that Genesis can grow with you. It's affordable in the beginning and it can grow. If you have plans of being a super successful practice, you're going to outgrow some of these other softwares that are super high right now. So I said like, Hey, not enough people know about you. Like the, you're not the new kid on the block. Um, you're the old kid on the cutting board. I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of new kid on the block. And I'm like, so I want to start telling people that like, I think you're a great software and get, you know, new people looking at you more. So check it out. If you're starting a clinic, I've been there with them for 13 plus years. No plans on switching. Happy as a clam. I don't know if clams are happy, but but I'm happy. So um, so today we have, um, like I said, Brian Capra. Since its inception in 2004, Genesis has been a pioneer in using web-based technology, artificial intelligence, automated workflow, and big data analysis, which helps practices improve the overall patient experience, their revenue, staff efficiency, and provider compliance. Today, Dr. Capra continues to serve as president and chief executive officer, CEO for Genesis. Well, I'm just going to call Brian out because that was a shitty bio on him. That was just... You can tell I had not read that bio until right now. So Brian's a cool guy. He lives in Florida. Um, so, you know, I guess we don't know anything about him other than he lives in Florida and he founded a software. No, he had a really successful chiropractic clinic. Jeez Louise, he's got a lot of wisdom to offer chiropractors. I'm going to have to give him shit when I see him. Worst bio ever. Actually, that's not true. So when I have guests on, he did follow the rules of like four to five sentences. I asked them, like, can you please give me four to five sentence bio? And some people will just send me to a four or five paragraph bio. And I'm like, and I used to have to be like, okay, I will figure this out. Now um, I just copy and paste it into chat GPT and say, make it shorter, make it shorter, make it shorter. Um, so so there we go. Um, well, hopefully Brian and I are friends enough now that he appreciates I can give him shit. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to getting roasted. No. So, all right, let's pray and let's get into our episode. Dear God, thank you so much for the blessings that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, God be with everybody who is thinking about starting up their clinic or starting up something big and bold in 2024. Um, it takes so much courage to step outside of our comfort zone, especially when we're comfortable. And so many of us, we get comfortable. And I don't, I don't think that, you know, I think there's a difference between being comfortable and content. I think you want us to find a place of being content with the small things, the little things, with very little, very little to bring us great gratitude and joy out of this cool world that you made being comfortable i don't see anywhere in the bible where you wanted people to be comfortable quite the opposite you ask people to get very very uncomfortable who were comfortable like i just picture myself if i was like a fisherman making a pretty decent living or maybe that like tax guy because he was like a money counter and i that's like one of my things where i'm like okay stop getting focusing on the money um 
And you're just like, leave it and come with me. And I'm like, no, thank you. How about I do both? How about this is my side hustle? Um, yeah, you must have been really convincing. So good job. So just keep on being convincing, God, and just keep on motivating people to get uncomfortable and do amazing things and always in your name, not theirs. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Without further ado, here is Dr. Brian Capra. All right. Well, I let's get going because I want to be respectful of your time and I have to get to my clinic. I have a employee leaving today. It's her last day. And, uh, you know, do you, do you miss, uh, okay. Welcome to the show, by the way. Uh, do you miss <laughs> the, that part of practice at all of just like be letting people go? No, <laughs> I, I just want to be clear. She quit. Um, I, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's always better. Yeah. No. Do you well, miss you the brick and mortar? Yeah. Do you miss like the brick and mortar, like day to day stuff of being in the grind? Because how many years has it been since you were in oh, in practice? In ownership of a practice, it's been since two thousand and six, I think five six. Okay, so if we're doing a long time. math here, yeah. okay, I hadn't even entered chiropractic school. Do you feel like? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, I'm 37. I need to like find all of my references, or I'm like, I'm still so young and hip. I'm holding on to it for a few more years. Do you, I'm glad I could help. Do yeah. you feel because like primarily, you work with chiropractors, right? I, I yes, primarily we work with chiropractors. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you feel ever like? Um, cause, okay. So this is one of my fears. So as I have a podcast for chiropractors and I have, um, what other stuff? I don't know. I have an Instagram for chiropractors. I have random stuff for chiropractors. I go to the future where like, mm -hmm. I, you know, my body doesn't really feel like adjusting that much anymore, but I worry yeah. about getting out of touch. How do you, yeah. how do you stay in touch with, or maybe you don't like, I don't know. Do you feel out of touch with some of like the pain points of current chiropractors and things like that? Um, I, I don't think so. Cause I think most, for the most part, they don't change um, when you're running a business. Right. I, I, I miss kind of answer the first question. I, I think I, yeah, there's things about practice. I miss, you know, I miss the relationships. I miss the camaraderie, the patients, the, the miracles you see, you know, mm -hmm. those things. Um, I miss the energy of, you know, being busy and adjusting and adjusting and that just that energy that you like, we it's all a different know. Flow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, it's a different totally flow. different day, right? That I have than I have now, where I mostly am alone, right? right. I'm, I'm working, I'm on meetings, it's mostly zoom these days, you know, it's, it's very, I don't want to make it like a downer, but it's like more lonely, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so it is a totally different experience. So there are things about it that I miss. On the other hand, there's things about it that I don't miss. You know, it's it's a uh, chiropractic is it's a wonderful uh, business um, when you look at it from a business perspective. But it is difficult, right? Especially when you're early on getting it off the ground, that lift. Um, it is not the easiest business to start. Um, if you have to pick from businesses, right? You're not selling cheeseburgers. I mean, yeah, people. even if you think <laughs> you know, about like, different healthcare professions where it's like, I really right. want to help people. It's like, you know, I I'm, I'm, I think I'm kind of naturally cynical. And so like when I have a high schooler who's like, yeah, I, I want to go to chiropractic school. I'm like, yes, that's amazing. And then in my head, I'm like, Did they, should, I, sure? should I tell them <laughs> yeah. like that? No, no, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Do you know what you're getting into is what you want mm -hmm. to say? Because, you know, as a chiropractor, I think what you're saying, it's different, right? It's different than 
whatever medical profession where it's pretty much your success path or, or career path is pretty much, you can see it, right? If you want to open a chiropractic practice, you have to understand everything, marketing, sales, management, team building, like it's a real entrepreneurial business. So um, it's not that I don't miss that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm an entrepreneur either way, but um, those are the more difficult things with brick and mortar that you're, you know, you, you have to go there every day. Uh, Genesis allows me some more freedoms, which is nice. Yeah. One of my frustration. Oh, I'm going to come back to that common pain points okay. thing. I'll, it's in my head. We'll totally remember that. Um, okay. <laughs> one of my big frustrations slash realizations, I feel like in the last two years, and I don't know if the pandemic kind of like projected it forward for us, but I think that there are such easier ways to make money. And that's what makes me sad about chiropractic because it's so deeply rewarding. Like, you know, there yeah. is, my husband is just all computer, all tech and computer. And mm -hmm. so when I'll have shifts where they're, they're most days, I won't adjust until the afternoon. And so I'll spend the morning making mm -hmm. reels on Instagram, in my emails, this and that. And by like two o'clock, I'm like, oh my God, if I had to look at a computer for the rest of the day, I would, I wouldn't get anything done. And I was so glad that I got to like, get up, go to the clinic, get in flow, you know, music yeah. going. So they're so rewarding, but like, I feel like social media has really made it in our face, how much easier it is. There's these other, you know, and just even like, you know, you creating a software and being like, holy cow, I can make, I can make a lot yeah. easier air quotes, easier money over here. Like just if we're in an industry with chiropractic where it's time in exchange for money. And I think anytime yes. you're in that industry, whereas your time equals this amount, it, it's a different equation than when you look at these other industries where you're like, oh, time doesn't equal money. Yeah. And, you know, part of the problem with the, the reason that exists in our profession is because you know, you went to school, I went to school, there was no business training mm -hmm. <laughs> on how to scale a business. It, when I went to school, it was like, you have to be super passionate about chiropractic and live and breathe chiropractic. And that's still true. But that it was kind of like the way you can be successful is it's all emotionally driven and on your back. And that was it. Mm -hmm. there was that, that was their business training, right? Um, but that doesn't have to be the way, right? There's plenty of um, docs that have scaled businesses and, you know, build them to exit, you know, and, and I, I wish there were more business training, um, available to chiropractors. We have our, our, our practice, Matt, I think you go to TR, your, yeah, I'm not a member, TRP, but right? I, I've um, gone once before and we're going again in January. And like right now, like, I think that they're one of the best that we have. So, yeah, because they teach real business real business tactics, right. And, and training. And it's, and it's, how do you build a practice to scale so that it's not dependent on you and you're not always trading your personal time for money and build a real business, right. And, and build to exit and be able to sell it, sell, a sellable business. Yeah. Um, the problem so is that's that becoming in school, more prevalent. Though, yeah. in school. So it's kind of like teaching, you know, this 24 year old, how to run a business. Like, so I went to Northwestern and they did try, like we had a business. Yeah. You know, I had to make a, a 
thing for the bank. What are they called? You know, business plan. Business <laughs> so plan. That <laughs> Um, and you know, and I had to like show how I was going to make money in that, but then real life comes and it's, it's almost like teaching someone how to crochet in class, but they mm -hmm. don't have needles or in yarn. And then you're like, okay, but like, just memorize the steps. And then one day we're going to, you're going to get needles and yarn and you're going to need to remember. And you're like, but wait, I have actual questions now. And so it's like, I think I do everybody, I think kind of rags on chiropractic school for like, we're not prepared. But I don't yeah. know if there's a way to prepare us. It's like all of a sudden you get and you're like, oh, now I care. Now I actually care. And I realized that like titration levels in biochem didn't actually help me. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss those days. Oh, my God. Biochem was, oh, man, that was brutal. Um, but, you know, we it, it's going to take an effort and and from from people like you and, and me to to get into the schools. One thing we're we're looking at doing with uh, Life University, I don't know if you know Gilles Lamarck over at Life. Yeah, he, he um, we are going to do for students uh, what's called a real life, you know, you know, pun yeah. intended, real life business summit, and just try to get some practical information out to them, exposure to people that want to help. Um, for me, you know, just get to know students and let them get to know us, so that when they need resources, at least there's a community in a way that they can start asking questions and we can point them in the right, we might not have the answer to every question, but at least we have the experience to point them in the right directions to get the answers and to build an actual business. Or, or maybe even more importantly, knowing who they are, who, where do they fit in this industry? Some people are not built to own practices, right? They're just not supposed to be. They're, mm -hmm. it, they're better as a, a so, career associate and there should be a path for them to go and make a lot of money and contribute to a practice. Um, so I think it's going to take, and it is taking, and it's happening. I, I see it happening more. And I think it's really positive in our profession that people are um, trying to give back and mm -hmm. give information and get a, the students exposed to what real life is like out there. Yeah. I mean, I saw a reel that you posted where you talked about like how, and I don't know exactly know how you phrased it, but it was something like, to be a chiropractor, you almost are forced to be an entrepreneur. And I really feel passionate about shifting that where it's like, yeah, if you're going to own a clinic, you do need to accept, but like this career associateship yeah. needs to be talked about more because we've just kind of trashed it. Like we've just made mm -hmm. it this like worthless. You can never make enough money. You'll never be the rich and powerful true chiropractor capital right. t-o-r unless you own your clinic and it's like that has to retire yeah and when i graduated your my associate position which i'm very grateful for it was for one year and i think i made a fifteen hundred bucks a month it was like something crazy um it was like they were doing me a favor to have a job <laughs> yeah. there you know and they were in a way it was an amazing practice so the experience i got out of it was just um you know priceless but yeah, it was basically there was that associate position where you made zero money, let next to nothing, or you went out on your own and did it yourself, mm -hmm. and you were lucky to have a job and get paid peanuts after going to school for all those years. And today it's different. It's you know you you're graduating. I think that's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, you like can't go and make fifty grand a year. You know, oh. um, so but I think it's changing. I think the associate game is is changing. There's more docs coming out that 
are almost expecting that there's a job waiting for them, like for $150,000 a mm-hmm. year. That, I don't think that exists yet, but I think we have to start to realize that as chiro- in chiropractic, uh, one thing you said is you have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to, but if you do choose to do it, you have to take it seriously Yeah. Um, because we need more successful chiropractors practices and chiropractors like we need to have a larger capacity to see more people more efficiently more effectively because that's the only way we're going to have really successful businesses and be able to pay our associates really well and that'll attract new people to the profession if they see they can make really good money and mm-hmm. do something really cool without having to own the business necessarily right um i think it'll grow the profession that way so want to hear my idea Sure. <laughs> sure. Sorry, I'm talking. I'm talking loud. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have. So I think there. Okay. So there's. You've got the practices that submit to insurance, PI, or just like individuals. Um. You know where their OVA can easily be sixty dollars or higher, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. my audience and my practice. You know, I live in a very rural area where 60% of kids are on Medicaid and we are a all cash family practice. And I think there's a lot of clinics, like I said, my audience is a lot of the cash pediatric. We want to see entire families clinic. And Mm so, and very like weekly you know, being checked weekly type of thing, you know, it's Mm -hmm. one thing to attract a, you know, white collar male to come in and get a 15 minute adjustment that includes stim and like this and that once a month. And he pays $80 for it. Like that. I don't want to say that's easy, but that's not the pain points that, you know, I have, I have, how do I get this teacher to bring in whose husband works, um, for, you know, the County and, how do I get all four of them to come in and get checked weekly when their combined income is, you know, 120,000 type of thing. And so there's two kind of things that I think for, if you're in that boat. So like one, I followed this, uh, carrot that number volume Mm -hmm. was impressive. So like, I wanted to be able to go to a conference and be like, I'm high volume. I adjust, well, I don't adjust, but our clinic sees 600 people a week and like, oh, like, and I'm trying to get to a thousand. And that's awesome if your, your cost per adjustment and your OVA isn't terrible. But like, Mm -hmm. I think, so people who are in my boat, what happened is, is our cost per adjustment gets so expensive because you have to have a lot of staff for- you know, for that clinic to run well. Yeah. I mean, yes. So in my, you know, um, but that's one of the things I'm fixing is like, wait, did I need to have a lot of staff? And so then trying to keep that weekly adjustment. And so that's kind of step one as the owner, I need to fix the profitability because I let our profitability get so terrible that I, okay, I'm like, all right, I need another doctor. I can't afford to hire a doctor at $85,000. But that's mm-hmm. my problem first that I think chiropractors need to fix is like, okay, you got to fix that because yeah. you can't be, and there's not enough associates to go around. So it's like, you need an associate step one, fix your profitability so you can afford to pay them. Absolutely. Yeah. The volume thing, 
you know, when I was younger in school and I saw those, all those big practices, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. You know, everybody did. But then when I started to see, I'm not saying this is across the board, everybody that did that. But um, when I started to see behind the curtain, like it's crazy how some of them were, how much money they were hemorrhaging and worse was for me watching. Um, so for example, I had a practice, I won't name names. We had a customer, Genesis client that was using Genesis and the patients were coming in and super busy, right? Super, let's say it's a thousand a week. Um, and I was, we, we were at the practice for an on-site visit. I think we were rolling out a new feature or functionality or we're having meetings, whatever it was. And I was just watching all the people and I just went into the system and I, I looked at all of the people that came in and I looked at what, when their next appointment was, right? And I was just, I was like, wow, how are they? And uh, it turned out most of the people that were coming in didn't have another appointment scheduled. And, you know, it's part of the process to have another appointment scheduled in that practice. It's not like they're just, it's open to you just come whenever you want to come. And we don't even know if you're coming. That's That was not the process. Right. The process was at least it was actually booking them out for their whole care plan. So they're supposed to have a future visit. And um, so what I realized is that the, what these, the practice was just luckily for a lot of the people that were coming in, lucky that they were there because they sold them on a care plan and it was just tons of new patients. They sold them on the care plan. They came in and then most of them just fell off. Of course. Um, I was going to say, I don't know how long no that would accountability. Work No. Oh, it's exhausting for everybody. And of course, of course, the staff turned over all the time, right? So you just have this super driven um, for the doc that owned the practice, just driven all on him and his energy. And, the, you know, and it's just, I don't know how you live like that. And it's just horrible for everybody that has to experience it beside them because it's horrible for the staff, right? Because they're just... I don't they have no expectation of what they're really supposed to be doing every day. They sort of have meetings and trainings and huddles and all that stuff, but imagine the patients. And that's really where it sticks for me is that's their experience. Imagine if that was your child who, who, uh, you know, chiropractic was going to save their life. And that's the experience they got. And that's the experience they'll have forever about chiropractic, right? The, the opinion, the, it's just mind blowing to me. That doesn't help anybody. Right. So the high volume thing could be good and it could be a disaster for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So then the step two here. And so like the mm -hmm. step one is like the clinic owners got to get their profitability better so they can afford. Get it in check. Yeah. yeah. So step two is, and this might be like, this is kind of controversial. So you can say you hate this because this is just my idea. This is just my opinion, but it's my podcast. So I get to <laughs> So <laughs> it is. So it's literally your show. It's literally my. <laughs> what I, I tell people, like, I started a podcast because I'm a verbal processor, and my husband was sick of me talking. That's not true. He loves hearing me talk. So step two is, I feel like we need to condense um, working hours, so I can have an associate, one that I can pay a full time salary to, but they get what I need them to do. Like basically the number of patients I need them to adjust before they would get to like that burnout. Because there's a number, right? This is something yeah. that a lot of clinic owners don't realize is like you can have an associate for 40 hours a week, but they may not be able to adjust 100 people a day, five days a week. 
Like they get to a burnout. There's literal number that most associates are just like my physical and mental body are breaking down. Yeah. So figuring out what that is and getting it to like a three and a half day work week. So it's technically they're adjusting. Do you do that on a, on an individual doctor by doctor basis, or is there a number that is general? So I've talked to a lot of female clinic owners who've had a Mm -hmm. lot of female associates. So I don't know what the number is for male. And then obviously it totally depends on clinic systems, right? Like we're Mm-hmm. straight chiropractic what right and what type of technique you're doing exactly i will mm-hmm. say that in my scenario i it's 175 to 225 is a week yep a week okay um so i say closer to 225 um you know another high volume doc who's had a lot of associates over time she says she finds more 175 but they pull up x-rays on every patient and so it's oh, okay. you know i think it just kind of depends on what an appointment type is, but like, yeah, that's kind of what we're, we see, you know? And mm-hmm. so then you go like, okay, can I figure out, you know, so let's say it's 225. Can I, that's 75 a day, three days in a row. In my clinic, a 75 person day is pff, easy, easy. You're okay. bored, you're bored. And so like, can I hire an associate that I can pay a full-time salary, but give them a three-day work week that then allows them this freedom to maybe do some of these more virtual side hustles or, you know, like just have a creative outlet, you know, whatever, where just their chiropractic, chiropractic doesn't have to consume all of their work week, where then they're not fully just dependent on their income from one. They have, they can go do other things. I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. What's my thought on it? Yeah. Um, you don't have to be nice. It's, it's okay. I'll just, if you're no. mean, I'll edit it out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay. We have to cut a lot. Of <laughs> I think part of the, the thought process of, um, a chiropractor that is going to go to wants to be an associate and make a lot of money being an associate. I would, first of all, I was thinking about why you were talking about that. All right. 225 is five. Uh, it's, what for 50 is 900 visits a month mm-hmm. and what w- you kind of have to back into you have to think about what their salary is and then back into the number of visits mm. or the the salary including bonuses and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff and how much you know you can pay per visit to that person and can you make that number what's the right amount of salary in your your geographical area in my area oh you're yeah. okay um, in our area, I would say in Wisconsin, and I post a lot of associate ads, so I like can pretty confidently tell you that 60 to 75 coming out of school, 75 is rare. Okay. So if, if they're seeing a thousand a month, let's call it round up a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, just to make it easier math. And they, and they want to make 70,000 and they're, they're seeing 12,000 visits a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So divide that. If it's 60, it's, it's fifth. What's it? Five bucks. <laughs> what am I doing? The right man. Five bucks a visit. Uh, something like that. I, would just, I would try to back. I would try to back into that number, you know, um, 60,000 divided by, uh, what do we say? 12,000 visits. Um, mm. so, you know, yeah, that's an interesting way to go like, okay. Not yeah. that you're paying them per visit. No, but like, that's where you five, need your profitability. 
I want a live a live producer. I'm going to start making my husband <laughs> be in the room because it's they very- do math too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got it right. You got it right. Fantastic. I could uh, be like Joe Rogan where like, I could be like, hey, <laughs> hey, somebody look up that research for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh people are start are gonna start requesting ben on camera yeah, no, uh, yeah yeah what was the other question you asked me oh what do i think about that yeah. i think it's tough because it's it's i wonder how that would play out because they want to be associates um and they want to have a job and they're not most likely not entrepreneurial so to tell mm -hmm. them that oh you can make whatever you want if you also have a side hustle right. when they already are not hustling you know well, it's, it's more like... the freedom i think actually so you know i yeah. am an enneagram 3 so i would fill my side hustle with like i want to make more money but well, a 3 would start their own business but like i think it's more the freedom when we look at this next generation of chiropractors mm. the number or not even chiropractors just this next generation they want yeah freedom. And especially if, you know, we've got 50% of graduating chiropractors being females, you know, I think that we really rushed into like, yeah, women, you can have it all. You can work full time and have your kids. But I hear from a lot of women that they have babies and then they're like, I feel terrible that I'm missing so much of them growing up. And so like for that person, that might be freedom to work three days a week and then have four full days with your kids where they're not in daycare. So like, I think freedom is the number one thing that associates are looking for. And then money yeah. is kind of that next. And so if you can figure out a way to provide that for them, they're going to fill in, maybe it's travel, maybe it's a side hustle, maybe it's their kids, but like, that's, that's my idea. Yeah. I mean, we all want freedom, I think. Mm -hmm. um, it's a number one motivator uh, that people go to start it, their own clinic is they think they're going to get more freedom, more money yeah, and more that's freedom. A that's a lie. <laughs> and that, so that's where I'm like, hey, no, 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 no. If you want to start your own clinic make... just because you want to make more money and you and have more freedom, let's stop there. That's not a good place to start. Freedom, like in the sense that you get to make more decisions. <laughs> <laughs> what a joy. What a joy. Yeah. So great. <laughs> Which you know, actually, I was listening to your uh, one the the um, decision fatigue. What is it? This decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a whole nother level of exhaustion mm -hmm. that you can experience. Um, yeah. So there's more freedom. You have you, you can make the decisions. Well, that's a whole different thing. Lucky. Um, yeah. So I, I guess uh, you know then this generation, like you said, um, I don't I don't. It's kind of like. They want what we've all wanted, um, I guess, from what you're telling me. We've all wanted more freedom. And we've all worked. Usually, like you said, we started, we're doing something, and our goal is to do get it to a place where we have more freedom. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's just weird that it's more of an expectation that they could have freedom and work less. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird to me. Right. I just, that's not the way I grew up. Right. It wasn't possible. It wasn't a thing. Like I want to work less and have more freedom. Of course you do. Everybody wants that, mm -hmm. <laughs> but just not reality. Now, I guess it's more possible these days. Maybe it is more possible that I think it is more possible in chiropractic that you can be an associate, work three days a week, make sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year. Um, and that is not 
it's not you're not wealth i guess it depends on your area you're not in south florida you're not you're, you're not, not going to be well no matter you're what not free. With you're, that, yeah, you're not wealthy you're not really you know living it up and not in south florida maybe in, in different areas of the country you're doing pretty good and you're working three days a week and if you want a side hustle that's one thing if you want to just spend more time with your kids it's possible these days you know, that that's a real thing and especially if you're not the only income stream in the home Right. If, you have yes. a, if you're married or and you have another income stream, you could do okay. Mm -hmm. That's nice. What and I'm it's great you, to see the profession go there. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, um, because you're 50 something, right? 48. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll just edit that awkward. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, just, can you say that again? Right, right. So you're like 37, right? That's yeah, 48. <laughs> thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so you're 48, I'm 37, and we're talking about yeah. like 25 year old, right? So what yeah. I think is what I'm hearing you say is when you started, you know, when you graduated chiropractic school, the only path that was really shown to you was hustle your ass off, yeah, scale, make money, then you can have a certain amount of freedom. And you know, I definitely, that was something that I saw. Um, so I'm kind of in between where I'm like, yep, yep, yep. This is me hustling. But then I feel like we've got 20 somethings looking at our generation um, mm. and going, mm, is there another path? Because I don't want to do that. You look kind of tired and burnt out and you delayed so much and I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying we're right, but like you delayed so much satisfaction to a certain point and like mm. missed out. And so I think that like they're creating this alternate path. Now, how it ends, like how their retirement looks, how their debt to income ratio looks, like right. I don't know about that, but like I do think that's what's happening. They're going like, no, I don't need. I don't need to buy a giant house. I don't need, oh, and nobody's looking to pay off their loans anymore. Like I had a student loan expert on and like, it's just a game now because they come out with like basically monopoly debt where it's like, ha, right. that's a fake amount of money. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll never pay that off. No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. expected that they will never pay it off. And so like, right. it's this game of life that's just like, huh, but like, I don't know. I don't know that we make, figured it out. I don't know that they've figured it out. I mean, they definitely haven't. They haven't lived enough life to figure it out. But Look, I think it could be great for the profession if not everybody is out there trying to just, like you said, see a thousand a week or whatever it is, because that's not good business necessarily. You could do it, right? Mm -hmm. You can... You can do it and do it and do it really well. The way it was happening in real life for the majority of it was not good. But there are certainly a lot of practices that can that do see high volume that are doing it the right way. But if and that was the only option. Now, if um, what is I think shifting is which is phenomenal. Like you said, the word scale that was never a word even used. <laughs> like nobody even mentioned that word. What does it even mean? When I was a kid coming out of school, like the, the, it just was go work your ass off and get to a thousand a week, and you're gonna make a lot of money. And you're going to see miracles. And that was sort of true, but it's not really how you build a sustainable business. So I, I do see it shifting where doctors are getting more educated in, in real business tactics and how to run a real business and make it scale, really scale, mm -hmm. scalable, and be consistent and look at the right metrics and measure the KPIs and 
and look at retention, <laughs> you know, look at missed visits, look at patients that don't have future appointments, make sure you're looking at the right things and measuring it because it's a real business with real people and real lives and real experiences. I, I see it happening more and more that mm -hmm. the people are getting more serious. Uh, I hate to use the word serious, like it's, a, you know, such a downer, but like more, uh, I would say acting more professional, right? Mm. Running real, being real business owners and actually building businesses. That's great for associates because now there are, you're starting to see, okay, now I've built this one practice and I have two, three, four, five that run in a similar fashion and that's real scale. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to see a lot more franchises. That's real scale. And you're starting to see um, places where somebody that's coming out of school that doesn't want to own a business, doesn't want to work, you know, 60 hours a week running a business. Um, and they, they just want to go and do, they love adjusting people. They just want to go. They want to make good money. They, and not understanding that they're not a surgeon that's going to make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And so I think it's going in, in a positive direction. Um, and maybe that's why some people are going to school and expecting to come out and make a lot of money. Yeah. I, it is happening. I mean, you are clearly so even though you're not adjusting anymore you are clearly really passionate about seeing chiropractors succeed and like i think mm. we i didn't straight up ask the pain points question but i think we've already covered like four or five different pain points that you know running a business has as someone who your the way your impact basically and if you again if you disagree that your impact isn't going to be through helping chiropractors with genesis please correct that. But like, as someone who's like, okay, I care about chiropractors, I see their pain points, how I can help impact them is through this product I made. That's technology. How do you start to take these pain points and solve them with technology? Well, I think you have to recognize what they are uh, first. Pain points from... Uh, and you know, it, it was me, right? I had all the pain points. The pain point for me was like, I told you, I was, I, wor I worked in that high volume practice. Right. And I saw they were a great practice. Um, but I saw some of the downfalls of volume and I wanted to see as many people as I could effectively see. So, um, but what would happen would be something would happen where you'd be like, whatever happened to so-and-so oh, moment, right? I hate that moment. Fucking pissed it's me. the worst. So that happened over and over and over, right? It just keeps happening. And what you usually do, what I consider like management by fire is, well, they had a re they missed their re-exam, they never came in again, or we didn't forgot to do their re-sign, or they, they missed any visit and we just stopped recalling them or mm -hmm. whatever it is. You find out what the issue was with that patient and that, that patient, or maybe their, their finances are off or whatever. And you, 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 you find that problem and then you're like, oh, I wonder how many other patients that happen too, right? Mm -hmm. And then so you start in the old days going through files, right? Like, oh, oh, oh my God, this happened on 20 other people and we need to train on this, All right. So now you go and you train and that whatever problem got better. And so that's not suffering, You're not, you know, that problem is fixed for now. And then another patient, so-and-so, and you start, you manage by the fire mm -hmm. and it's not proactive and it's reactive. And from a business perspective, um, that never really made sense to me because we're chiropractors and we're supposed to be proactive. 
about everything we do, it's a, it's a, it's a shift, right? Mm-hmm. And being proactive versus reactive about your health. And that just never made sense to me. And there, I had an experience with a patient that was like devastating to me because what happened was I woke up one day and I, his name was Chris and he, he, I knew he was gone. Like, a, and, um, like the pre dead, the pre, well, yeah, the, the pre story to that was he came to us one day. He was, did amazing on chiropractic, under chiropractic care. He came in after, um, uh, just a short time under care and he was, um, taking Advil, like 12 Advil a day or something really high. And he, um, he, after the report, the new patient report, getting under care, he said, he said, uh, he came in the office and he said, I'm, I'm feeling really bad. I think I'm going to kill myself. I said, what happened? Are you taking drugs? Or he said, no, I stopped taking all the drugs. I said, well, what drugs were you taking? And he said, well, I was drinking every day and I, I, um, I, uh, was taking the pain medication. I was smoking marijuana and doing some other stuff. And I said, well, so you stopped all that. He said, yeah. I said, when he said, as soon as I came here, because when you told me this was about more than just my health, it was about me being a better father and a better, you know, husband. And he said, I knew I needed to change. This was affecting everything. This was affecting my relationship with my kids. They weren't doing good in school. They were getting in fights and I needed to step up and I needed to stop. I said, well, you know, first of all, your body is going through a difficult time with you just withdrawing from all that stuff. And you're probably trying to get to homeostasis. It's probably trying to figure out what is the new normal, the new homeostasis. And also we referred him out for help. But what happened was I woke up and I knew he was gone and he was. And I asked him, you know, how are you going to do it? And he said, I have a gun and I have, I have a shed. And when the, everybody's asleep, I'm going to go in the shed and do it. Um, you're supposed to ask that question, by the way, if somebody tells you about that. Oh. Um, because it tells you immediately if they're serious, uh, if they have a plan to do it and how they're going to actually carry it out. It's not that they're not serious if they don't right, have a plan. Right. Um, is that it's very serious right now, you know? So that, um, when that happened, I, I had gotten software and it got better, but it was really still the same problem. You're still People thinking people are falling through the cracks. And, um, real people with real real lives, Mm -hmm. real families with real problems that you could help. So my son was born when my son was born, I named him Christian because I wanted to remember that situation, what happened? Because I imagine that if that were my son, by the way, we messed up a lot of things. That's kind of the point of the story, really. At, at the end of that story, when I went and looked at his chart, we didn't do re-exams on time. His finances were a mess. We didn't recall all the, the right times. We did a lot of things wrong. And it's really is my responsibility, right? It's my fault, right? It's, it, everything ultimately bubbles up to you. Mm-hmm. It's really on you. So, you know, we got software and things were easier, but it was still reactive. It's still the same thing, right? So I had to solve that problem. I didn't know how to solve that problem I, I, I didn't, at the time, obviously. But what, you know, it's God put me on this path 
it's very obvious to me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, because it's impossible that all these things could happen in the sequence that they did. Even going to chiropractic school was somewhat of a miracle for me. But so I was just, you know, torn by that, obviously, and just so, I want to say militant, but obsessive about procedures and processes. And because you can't f avoid it 100%. You couldn't avoid it 100%. But you you just could do it as, be as best you could, right? Right. So um, I had another problem in the practice, which happened to be insurance collections. I was, I, I was accepting insurance from my patients. So I was had a billing company and they were you basically what you do every day. I know this is not a, this mostly cash audience, but I was actually in network with every single insurance. Like I was the, for like five or six years. I, if yeah. a, a person called and said, Hey, do you take a barnyard insurance? I'd be like, not yet. Give me their phone number. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I actually do have experience with Genesis and billing, so I could speak to that as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's important for people to understand not to not necessarily to take insurance, but it's in, well. Here's the here's what happened for me. That I was outsourcing my my billing, where you know, basically just for people that don't know, you're submitting a sheet at the time you've, of of all the patients you saw and every the diagnose codes and procedure codes, and they would create the claims, send them to the insurance companies call if they didn't pay, look at your aging reports and try to get you paid. Um, and so some checks come in the mail at the end of the day with the explanation of benefits. In doing that, I realized that it was, I was totally out of the loop on what was actually happening with the insurance collections, right? So it was like, I had no control, no transparency on what that company was doing for me. I just knew that I was getting some money some of the time. That was it. And they would send me reports, you know, every month, like a report this thick, an aging report in a FedEx. And then I just had a stack of FedEx envelopes on my desk. Cause you're like somebody when talking do you have about time floppy to look at disks that? right now. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You think FedEx yeah. to a report? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you're so much older than me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had VHS to play the videos. And, no. So that was that's just not a good way to do business. So it just by coincidence, my practice was in a gold's gym. It was an awesome gym, awesome practice. And the bookkeeper came in. She said, "Did she's like set up my books? I was new, relatively new in practice. I was like, thank God." And she's like, I, it's long, "Short story, you should meet these two guys." And one was a PhD in artificial intelligence from Bell Labs and Wall Street, uh, and his son was a computer science graduate from Princeton University and my practice was in Princeton, New Jersey. This is 2006? Um, no, you haven't No, this is 2000, really 2000, end of 2003. So somebody yeah. had a degree in artificial intelligence in 2003? Yeah. I didn't know. No, PhD. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Patents. So uh, yeah, the guy, it existed that long ago. And that's what's amazing about Genesis. One of the amazing things is we've been using the cloud and AI since the beginning in 2004. Um, so, but we, here's where it, this ties back to the story about Chris. Chris, there was nothing proactively telling us what to do or what we missed, mm -hmm. right? But on the insurance side, this is how I learned about it. The, the insurance side is also a problem in a similar fashion. You don't know when you're, you're submitting your claims into whatever software you're using, if if you can tell me right now, I'd be amazed. If you could tell me how many claims need to be followed up on, somebody needs to do something, take action in some way, shape, or form on these claims, this many today, I'd be shocked if you knew that. Because there's nothing proactively scouring those reports looking for the action items for you. 
And that's what artificial intelligence in that case does, right? It actually finds the work that needs to be done and brings it to you. And once it does that, or somebody that does that work for you in your office, mm -hmm. or if you outsource it to Genesis, you can see how many claims, right? So if you if you know that number, you immediately gain operational control. Like you can see every single claim, how many exactly, and click on them and see what needs to be done. Now that's insurance. And that's not why I got into this business. <laughs> it just so happened that when I implemented that in my practice, um, my collections went up 40%. But what I saw was a totally new way to use technology to save lives. Mm -hmm. Because now, and the conversation we had is like, first of all, we need to have a partner. We created a partnership. Mm -hmm. We started Genesis. It was billing precision at the time because that's all we did was billing. I still call it uh, that sometimes. BP, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so it evolved, right? Because we created this massive practice management side of things, but all tightly integrated. So, but really it's a methodology. It's a, it's like a paradigm shift from, it's like the paradigm shift from, you know, the, the medical model to chiropractic. It's a paradigm shift in how technology is used to manage the business, the practice, mm -hmm. the, the business of saving lives. If you, if you think about it, the way I thought about it, I'm like, that's the, that's the thing that would have helped, you know? Right. And it wasn't, there was no scheduler yet. There was no notes yet. There was nothing. So we had this conversation, first of all, partner, second of all, um, we need to build the rest of the system. They did, had no intention on doing that in the beginning, but it made enough sense because if you're submitting insurance claims, obviously you should know who checked in or who was supposed to check in, or you, you start mm -hmm. to, it's really part of the, what's called rev, revenue cycle management and cash. There's also revenue cycle management for cash, but all those things that we could have known proactively like somebody left without a future appointment that we would want the AI to tell us about mm -hmm. and that we could see in real time and count the number of things that needed to happen. I was listening to your podcast about, um, about, uh, not transparency, candor. Oh, candor. Yeah. And Isn't my husband to... awesome? Awesome. By the way, yeah, that's my husband. He is really awesome. He's married well. Yeah. He's a rock star. Absolutely. Uh, you got, you guys have an awesome partnership that way. Um, so uh, the, the, but the candor, like having the conversation with your team, like, Hey, everybody's on your mission, but they're not going to own it. Like you do. Right. Mm -hmm. It gives you an easy way to just say, Hey, this is the stuff that we need to do to serve these patients at the, the top, our optimal way every single day. If we do these things that the system is telling us to do, cause we told it what to tell us to do, <laughs> then, um, it, we just, we did it. We did all the work. We insurance, we followed up on every single claim. We're going to get paid every single penny we deserve with patients. It's, it's real life. It's even more powerful, right? Cause now you're, you know, you have a stranglehold on patient retention, right. And your revenue. Mm -hmm. So um, retention and revenue, like that's kind of what it keeps coming down to is you want to get paid for what you're doing and you want to keep the patients coming and paying you. You, you kind of like, you said like there's, you know, and for people just listening, you kind of alluded that there's like this list of things that you said, like, if we do this, we will be successful. Or like, if we pull these reports to make sure we're doing this, we will have a successful practice. Just one thing. Yeah. Reports don't work. Oh no. <laughs> that's the <worst>. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. And that's, that's the old legacy way of using technology is that that was your only option. There was no, there's a difference between a report and 
action items, tasks assigned to people based on what's in those reports. Because what in reality, you, there's dozens of reports that you have to look at every single day and check. Reports are not actionable. They're not accountable. There's a lot of problems with reports. They're good to have um, if there were, were nothing else. But they're not, it doesn't keep anybody really accountable. So the difference, the shift is, okay, you have all these reports, but who's looking at all of them to find every single thing that we need to do or missed, right? Nobody, unless you have AI, you can't do that. That's the same thing with aging reports for billing. There's The data is already there. It's already in reports. Why do people not collect the money that they should from insurance mm-hmm. companies? It's because they're not doing the work. Right. Right. So in business, you, in any, any business, there's people, um, process and technology, right. And, 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 and management, you have to quantify what needs to be done. That's like your systems, right. Quantify and delegate, and then verify that it actually happened. So, you know, what your process is for new patients, for reactivations, for all this stuff, you know, all the steps, they, they know all the steps it's on, it's probably documented in your office, right. Somewhere, right. It, or it should be. So, but you've quantified the work. And you've delegated the work. People know what they're responsible for, generally speaking, in your practice. The step in management that's most frequently missed is verifying that the work actually happened. Follow through. To the level. I suck at that. Yeah. It's impo- the reason everybody sucks at it is because it's impossible to do on a consistent basis. Imagine all of the reports you'd have to run. <laughs> yeah. Imagine all the reports you'd have to run. And how much time you'd have to spend to make sure everything you delegated happened perfectly. You don't have the mm-hmm. time and do your own job. Right. So you have to be a manager and a doctor at the same time. And it's impossible to do. It's, it's literally impossible to do. You can do it and you do it on some levels. Um, you have signs and ideas of what you think is happening. And sometimes you find a patient that is no longer coming in and you realize some ball has been dropped for the next past three months on half your patients. Right. right? <laughs> and it drives you insane that it's going to drive you crazy forever. So I don't, I'm going to, that's the difference between how AI is used in a practice and how technology was working uh, for, for practices in the past. It tells you, Hey, I don't know who's, I think Sarah, I heard on your podcast, Sarah, you have 15 things to do today. And this is the things you have to do. And it's for these patients and click on that task and do that thing. And everybody on your team has that list and they just do it. Oh, you're talking and about the workbench, do it, right? Workbench. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I don't even know how to get to workbench. the workbench anymore. I used to be <laughs> the person who went into the workbench and now I'm like, oh yeah, the workbench. So if you have somebody who starts brand new with the software, that seems like, you mm-hmm. know, one thing, but like, what do you guys do with a bunch of like old school people like me who, you know, maybe you've even just had the software for three years, but like technology is changing at such a huge rate. We're like, how do you help your consumer? Because like, I would assume I don't have a product, but I would assume that one of the ways that you keep me happy is by like realizing the new things that you've created, uh, basically for me, um, but how do you overcome that hurdle with your people to be like, hey, I know you're busy, but like we did this thing. Start using this now. And by the way, you asked for it. Yeah. Right. Like you complained so, to me. It is hard. I made a thing for you. Now use the freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I'm leaving. You don't have this feature. You asked for that and we built it. What are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> yeah. And it's been there for five years. It's it's not easy to do, honestly, but we are the way we do it and the way we try to do it is a combination like our Facebook group. We are cranking out 
all the updates all the time, asking for feedback, having conversations, telling people we're putting the videos out about new features all the time, putting the email blast out. Uh, we're actually going to start doing text messages to, to practice owners to, about, hey, there's this new feature, just click and watch. It's not an easy thing. We understand it's not easy because you have a crazy busy day too. And you know, you might miss an email or mm -hmm. delete it by accident, or maybe now it's going to your spam mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, who knows? It's not easy to do to keep everybody up, up to speed, but we, I think we do a pretty good job at it. The other thing, um, the other thing we're going to kick back in, we kind of lost it when COVID kicked in, we were doing live trainings in person. Um, I think that didn't really, it, you can't replace in-person training but we well, you mean at like least in person, like fly to this location? Training, yeah, come on oh. to Genesis training for a day, you know, and we'll just hit, you know, we'll have uh, what we were doing is like a, a series of topics throughout the year yeah. and just keep cycling through them. And of course, part of that is um, introducing the new features and just fly your team out. Don't be distracted, mm -hmm. stay focused. And we're going to, you're going to get something out of this, right? Um, answer some questions, spend some time with us, but we, we'd have topics, but we, we also need to do that um, at least virtually. Mm -hmm. um, it's just more difficult. There's just something about being live. Mm -hmm. I prefer to do it virtual because it's easier. It's more scalable, right? But um, uh, we we really need to do stuff more, uh, get back to that since COVID. Well, and I think chiropractors are looking for, it. you know, we've talked about TRP, like, you know, they're doing really well right now because they're one of very few management company. I don't know if they'd call themselves a management. I don't know. I, sometimes I like use phrases that uh, people get like offended. Like I'm not a coach. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. Um, but like clinic owners are looking for great events to bring their team to, to get mm -hmm. inspired. And like you yeah. train my team. Can you just train them? Like type of thing. They're kind right. of sick of hearing me talk. Um, can you, so like, I would be pro you bringing a live event back. Okay. Just saying that if I get yeah. a vote, Okay, you do. You got a big vote. So, okay. So um, the stuckness, like, you know, kind of how else do you help? So like you have so many people that are paralyzed with like, I just don't know technology. And you kind of talked about how you help them or how you try and help them get unstuck within the technology that they've already purchased and are paying for. But like yeah. another major thing has got to be people who are with a current software yeah. And so, okay. So full disclosure, the reason I'm asking this is because I get frustrated. I get frustrated and I don't even own a software company when someone comes to me with a certain problem and I'm like, well, what's your software? And they're like, oh, I'm using X. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to help you because my software automatically does that. And like the idea of switching softwares is like, oh, I'm not doing that. Like there's- yeah. So, no, it's brutal. So, in your mind, it, uh, especially because you implemented a, a software at some point and you think it's as painful as that, right? But a lot of times that was going from paper to software, but even switching, generally speaking, seems like a major lift. And it is, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. So, if you think about it that way, um, how do we take that work off the practice's plate? Right. Is we have our like our white glove service where we literally go and take every piece of data. If you're, if you have x-rays, if you have appointment types, if you have appointments scheduled out, we do um, balances, fee schedules, we'll go into whatever software that is. 
that you use and do all that work. And in that way, your team could focus on training and learning the system because mm -hmm. in reality, the, what you're going to use is mostly going to be what you learned in the first 60 to 90 days. And after that, you're not going to learn. It's not easy to learn new things unless you start to come to user trainings. Right? It's important. Um, Me, I use what I started with my first 90 days. You know exactly what you knew <laughs> the first 90 days and no more. I don't unless even you use insurance, a... but I could help someone on <laughs> yeah. Genesis look at why yeah. they're not getting paid. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's it. But and that's why user trainings are also important, not just to learn about the new features, but also, okay, like expand upon what you know the system is capable mm -hmm. of, because there is so much it can do. You can't learn it all in 90 mm -hmm. days. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not enough time, but we, you know, we lifted that burden for it's making a huge difference for people. Um, once they know about it, uh, sometimes people don't even get to us. Like they don't even make schedule the call because they think, uh, I don't care if it's better. I just can't imagine sw switching softwares. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They just, I can't imagine that pain and I don't have time for it. And so they just kind of keep choosing their known hell of like, yeah. yep, I'm going to just <laughs> a, stick what, with this. What a this. miserable way to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm like, I get so frustrated. So if you were going to give, if you were talking to a group of students that were about to graduate, what would some of the like, all right, you're looking for a software. What are some of the key points that you would recommend in like, okay, when you're vetting out different softwares, um, this is what I would specifically look for. Well, you, you're going to need all those things that, um, you know, a, you, obviously an appointment scheduling, something that, you know, depending on if you're, you're going to grow your practice, you, you're going to want all those reminders and text messages mm -hmm. and um, all that automation, customization, and those things. Uh, you don't want to be limited. Um, you want it to. You need it really to help you be a manager of your business, um, not just a bunch of reports. <laughs> I don't mean to be biased, but um, the, the reports are, are super useful. But I, I can only speak from my perspective in that I think what you need to have a system that can grow and change with you. Mm -hmm. If there are certain systems out there that are inexpensive, for example, but when people, what the worst thing to see is that they grow and start to see more and more patients and it slows them down mm -hmm. because they wanted to save a couple of bucks in the beginning. Now they're stuck on a system that keeps them from growing, which is the worst case scenario. And you don't want to switch. So it's better just to get on this. Like Genesis can scale with any size practice. Our first practice was 1500 a week, our first customer. So it can scale to any level, but it also is perfect and great for the, a smaller size practice or lower volume practice or, or, or an integrated practice with multiple specialties. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so, all right, we... <laughs> We could keep talking forever. Um, I know. We just we could do this again. We could do this again. We'll do part two. Uh, so, where can people actually get more more from you? More on Genesis. The website is genesischiropracticsoftware.com. The uh, Instagram is genesischiropracticsoftware. Um, on Instagram, I'm Dr. Brian Capra. You can email me, Dr. Brian at genesischiropracticsoftware.com. If you want to get the, the, some of the eBooks and, and get in on just some information from the website, just put genesischiropracticsoftware.com slash uh, eBook. Like for example, I have what insurance companies don't want you to know. That's an eBook I have. I have an eBook, how to beat them at their own, how to leverage technology and AI to beat them at their own game. That same kind of conversation also applies to cash practices because it leads into the stuff I was talking to you about, um, like the patient that I had, Chris. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
you'll you understand by reading that how the a technology can be applied to, for patient retention and all that stuff. I love as that. well. Well, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your time. And all right, She Slayers, uh, go check that out. If you have questions, you can DM me. You obviously have heard from the episode that I'm not very technology savvy, so I will do my best. I haven't run my front desk in years, so I'll be like, I don't know. My front desk has it, but like you can still DM me and I will do my absolute best to assist you and help you. Um, but yeah, this was great. Thanks, Brian. We covered a lot today. Thank so. you so much. Yeah, it was awesome. All right. Cheese a lot of fun. Until next week. Bye. Bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.